Hello, Zach. Hey, what's going on? Yeah. Hi. How are you? Good. You? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Hey, uh, thanks for taking this opportunity to join our podcast. So, yeah, of uh, course. The format is we first start with a small introduction from my side. It won't take more than a minute, and then we'll get to your story. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I really appreciate you having me on. I'm, I'm excited to be the first person. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully this will be the first interview of many for you guys. And, you know, you guys grow into a huge podcast. And in five <laughs> years, I can say I was the first one. Yeah, yeah. We are excited for the same. And uh, yeah, thanks for being part of being our guest today. Uh, yeah. And uh, we really appreciate your support in this. Yeah. Okay. So uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Akash Matthew, and I'm here representing Seed. And at Seed, we are about helping brands build transparency and trustworthiness in their agri-food supply chains. Uh, we've been working in the sector uh, since 2013. And during our journey, we've been working with several brands and organizations. And for us, it's always very interesting when we work with younger companies. And uh, you know, these are people who have made their life's goal to change the world as it is for real. And today we have with us Zach, uh, he's from Wildland Coffee. And uh, Zach, we are really happy to have you with us. So can you tell us a bit about yourself and your coffee brand? Yeah, thanks Akash for having me. I really appreciate it. So like you just mentioned, my name is Zach France. Uh, I'm the founder of Wildland Coffee. I'm based in San Diego, Cal California. Um, I'm sure you have a lot of international uh, listeners. And so that that's in the United States, uh, for those maybe you didn't know. Um, and so I, I actually got started on my entrepreneurial journey when I was nine years old. Um, so that would have been 1999. And I was, I, I grew up cooking with my mom a lot, okay. like making cakes and cookies. And I was just always in the kitchen with my mom. And so I really like to make cakes. I, I think it's because I was kind of a fat kid. And I, and I thought, you know, I'll, I want to start a cake making business. And so uh, there was this service on, um, on Yahoo when Yahoo was like still, you know, a leading company back in the day where you could actually make a drag and drop. It was, it was a drag and drop maker for websites, like oh. think Shopify, but in 1999. So oh. I actually made a website where you go to my website. It was like yahoogeocities.com slash it was called Cakes by Zach. And I actually created a way where you could order a cake online. Um, I never actually sold any cakes online. There was no payment processing. So like, I don't actually know how I thought I was going to like actually <laughs> collect business, but um, I sold one cake to my neighbor and then I, you know, ran out of my mom's funding and uh, I had to shut the business down. But that was how I really got my entrepreneurial journey started. Um, so fast forward uh, like 30, 29 years or fast forward 20 years. Um, and I was camping a lot. I was living in Salt Lake City, Utah and bringing my French press with me. And I was kind of getting sick of using my French press while I was making coffee. And I thought there has to be a better way to do this. This is really frustrating. And if I have this frustration, other people have this frustration as well. And um, so I thought, why isn't so much put coffee into like little bags or tea bags? Like that seems to be the obvious way to solve the problem. And um, I went home, I did some research. Turns out like I'm actually not the first one to think of that. I had never seen it before I had thought of it. And so I, you know, continue thinking, well, if I'm a pretty avid outdoors person, I've never seen this product. I bet you a lot of other outdoors people haven't seen it despite there already being products on the market. And so that's why I started this company. And 
um, you know, I'm, um, I'm about two years into this journey now. That was quite interesting. Uh, well, you know, like the cliche question that everybody asks, what was the most challenging aspect of your journey? <laughs> so, you know, I, I think, and I'm still pretty early. Um, and so from, from speaking with like mentors and uh, people who were ahead of me in the journey, because if, if we think about the journey of an entrepreneur, there's, you know, it's trying to get to like a half million dollars in sales and getting to a million dollars in sales. And then like, you know, three, five, 10, so on and so forth. And each stage of the journey inevitably has its problems and challenges. Um, you know, I, I would say the, the biggest challenge for me just as I'm starting is, and, and, and getting ramped up is the day-to-day mental grind that it takes to start a business. Um, because there's going to be days where you're going to have no sales or very few sales. There's going to be days where you have a lot of sales. There's going to be days where, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, this is stupid. Or why, why are you doing this? There's a lot of people doubting you. Um, and because, because I'm, you know, again, relatively early in the journey, um, it's, I kind of have to continue on just based on my faith that this is going to work. It's not like I'm doing $10 million a year in, in sales and I can say, well, you know, hey, I've got $10 million a year in sales. This is a profitable, thriving business. Like I'm, you know, I'm if if we think about it like having a baby, I'm in like, I'm in like the first five days of when you get pregnant, right? There's a lot of risk. You don't know if it's gonna work out. You yeah. have a miscarriage, right? There's so it's just the day-to-day ups and downs, like things are going well. Oh God, things suck. And I'm, it's just me right now. And so um, there's just piles and piles and mountains of work to do. Um, So it's just like staying positive and staying consistent with the vision that this is going to go somewhere. Yep. Well, I I totally agree to that because, you know, running a business is, is, is very difficult. And at every stage, you kind of face the similar challenge, but at a totally different level. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, when talking about, day-to-day operations uh we know that uh you know customers are a very important aspect of a startup's success especially the ones that are along with you when you start your journey uh can you tell us a bit about how you manage your customers do you have any special customers that you have got a bond and uh, people who could help you scale up yeah yeah absolutely and and i think this really goes back to the customer experience right and so as I started the business, I, I have placed a big focus on ambassadors. So these are people who really love the brand and I give them some, I give them free product and then they, they agree to talk about me on a you know, regular basis, you know, on Instagram, TikTok, whatever, you know, wherever it might be. So um, I, I kind of think of my, I, I kind of stratify my customers in like a, in really like two different ways. So I've got my, my, my brand ambassadors and I've got people who are, you know, paying for product. Um, so I'll, I'll go into like a little bit more, more detail. So, um, one thing that I do quite regularly is I will reach out to customers. I'll just with a, like a personal note, I'll thank them for their business and I'll ask them, you know, what did you like about it? Like, what did you not like? And I really want to make my customers feel like they're coming along, um, coming along like the journey with me. Um, how I think about customer experience more holistically is, and I'll, I'll start by saying this, that in business, 
concepts, ideas, processes, products um, get commoditized very quickly. So if we think about like the customer experience, like maybe five or 10 years ago, if you could do like free returns, oh my gosh, your customer experience was so amazing, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. if you don't do free returns, it, it's like, what's wrong with you? Like, so, so, so things that used to be considered a good customer experience are now you have to do those things. It's no, it's no longer like uh, a talking point, so to speak. So um, really I, the way that I think about my customer experience is I think about it in a way like I'm, I'm telling a story to my customers. Um, and I've been reading this book uh, called, called Start With Why by Simon Sinek. So mm -hmm. it's pretty, he's pretty famous. I'm sure you, you've heard of him at least. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so, so what I'm really focusing on is not so much um, like the specific attributes of my product, although I, I do focus on those, but really the story that I'm trying to tell the customer experience that I'm trying to create is come along this journey with me. And I want them to buy into why I'm doing this. And the reason that I, I'm an entrepreneur and the reason that I started this product and kind of how I envision my life and how I want to help my customers um, kind of envision their life is like, is my, my tagline, which is live different. So this is like not living the nine to five, you know, not having that suburban lifestyle, you know, uh, it could be like a digital nomad. It could be that you're a weekend warrior, but, but you're doing things that are authentic to you and you're not just like doing what society expects of you. So, so that's really like how I kind of position and think about my customer experience is telling a story. And I, I give my customers a lot of like behind the scenes of how I'm building the business, what's going well, what's not going well. And I think that really makes them feel like they're, they're a part of it as opposed to just exchanging money for a product. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get it. Uh, well, uh, you started uh, in May, 2021, <laughs> I think. That was one of yeah. the most difficult times to start, uh, let's say, a B2C business, especially in, in F&B sector. Uh, how was this uh, experience for you? And I, you must have an immense lot of perseverance to get through this tough times, I believe. <laughs> you know, I, I would say by the time I started the business, um, at least here in the US, I feel like people were pretty like used to COVID. Like it was, and I know around the world, it was, you know, in other places of the world, it was very different than, than how it was here. Um, America definitely has some unique politics when it comes to vaccines and COVID, right? Yeah. Um, but, and that was like, people were getting the vaccine. And so I think things were definitely like calming down. Um, what I will say though is, so one of my main strategies is actually being on Amazon and actually... I think for a lot of businesses in the beginning of the pandemic, they had a lot of, they had a surge in sales because they couldn't go to the grocery store. But what happened at the same time is because of that, I, I don't know exactly what the number is, but it's like 25 or 30% of all Amazon sellers have joined in the last 18 months. So, okay. so if you think about how that impacts um, someone's growth on Amazon, like mine, it's, higher CPCs, more competition, right? Okay. So yeah. I actually think um, in many ways, the time that I launched in terms of my Amazon strategy was a challenge uh, because there's just more competition on that platform. 
Um, but honestly, like as, as the kind of pandemic continues and kind of has a resurgence here in the US, um, it is impacting my, my retail strategy, which I'm just getting kicked off in the next um, couple months because uh, retailers aren't very excited. Well, they can't really do a lot of sampling. So like, you know, in, like in, in-store sampling and in-store demos. So, you know, that, that's kind of to, to be seen on, on how that, that impacts it. Um, but I would say, you know, at this point in the pandemic, people are, at least here in the U S they're pretty used to it. The challenges are pretty well known. Um, and we're just learning to like work around, you know, supply chain, like my, I'm doing a production run today and, and my my supplier was like, well, we might have we might have to push it back because we got like seven people out with Omicron. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just the way it is now, and you just can you learn learn to deal with it. Yeah, yeah, true. Well, coming to sales, uh, you know, you've you've fought, you've uh, sold software before, <laughs> yeah, and you've was you're selling a, a coffee brand right now, which is easier. <laughs> Maybe. Um... So it's hard to compare the two. Um, so there's, there's a lot of similarities and there's a lot of differences. So I'll talk about like the similarities. So, so the similarities is like, you're, you're trying to connect with someone on an emotional level. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't care what you're trying to sell, what you're trying to sell someone, whether it's coffee, a million dollar piece of software, you know, a plane ticket, whatever. The, the companies that win are going to connect with you on an emotional level and they're going to get you to buy in emotionally to that product. And then as humans, we make decisions with our emotions and we rationalize with our, and then, and then we rationalize that decision with facts, right? That's generally like kind of the consensus on how people make decisions. So that's like how it's similar. So you're trying to convince someone to make a decision. Now, Obviously, the, the differences are is when you're trying to sell coffee online, you probably have like two seconds to get that person interested. It's like they're either interested or they're not. They saw the image and they liked it and then they continued to click on or they didn't, right? So the, the decisions are more instantaneous, but you're having a lot more at-bats at that decision. With, with software, you're probably selling to four to eight people at a company and you have longer to help them make that decision. Now, of course, you're not going to get as many sales, but when you do, you know, it's, you know, a lot, a lot of money. So I, I don't know if one is harder than the other. Um, they're just, they're very different. Um, and so, yeah, I, it, it, it was nice selling software. It's, uh, you know, there's definitely advantages to that, um, but I definitely prefer the entrepreneurial life um, and kind of, Selling, selling coffee. Okay. So let's say there are several people who wants to do business just like you. Uh, yeah. What can you give them? I mean, give as an advice uh, to these people who yeah. wants to do this. Yeah. So this is a, a question I, I get from my friends and people on LinkedIn. <laughs> so what I, what I tell people is if, if you want to start a company, the first thing that I would do is I would consider what's a problem in your own life that you want to solve. And I'd say that for a couple of reasons. One, if you have a problem in your own life, there's probably, I don't know, a million other people that want to solve that problem. Right. So, you know, think about it. If you could get 
half of those people to buy your products, right? You've got a nice business. Um, the other thing is humans are inherently motivated and bought into solving their own problems. So like for my coffee, I'm solving a problem for me. Like I'm lazy. I just want my coffee easily. Um, it's hard for me to want to solve a problem that doesn't affect me. Like, it's just, I, I just don't care a lot about that problem because I don't feel that. I don't feel the pain. So I, I always encourage people to start there. The next step is I, I always encourage people to niche down as much as they can. And this goes to a lot of like, this goes contrary to a lot of things that people read and think because there's a lot of like VC talk where it's like, go after the $10 billion industry. Well, like that's cool if you have a hundred million dollars and you know, you've done it before and you know, all these other things are checked. But the reality is, is if you, the, the, the bigger the market, the more competition you're going to have. So for me, if I was to try to be an everyday coffee company, now I'm competing against Starbucks. Well, who's going to win that battle? Starbucks. But if I, so, so my vision for, for Wildland is I want to be the coffee brand for the outdoor community. All right. Is that a huge market? It's pretty big. It's not like, you know, massive, but it's a big market. And there's not nearly the amount of competition in the outdoor community as there is in the general coffee community. So I always tell people niche down as, as much as you can, and you can always expand, but if you, if you can get into a niche, then you, you can refine your messaging, your imagery, your, you know, your influencers, your distribution, and really just like kind of narrow down on like one person or one type of person. Um, that'll make your life a lot easier and you just don't need as much money and it's just easier. Well, e not easy, just easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's say you're given, given a million dollars. Okay. And right. you have to niche down and you have to also choose uh, one sector or one sales channel, let's say online and brick and mortar. Which one do you choose? Um, for my current product? Yeah. A mm, million dollars and I have to spend that on one channel. Yeah. Uh... I would go online. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Be, so, so, so the reason is most Americans have never seen this product. They've never mm -hmm. thought about coffee in a, in like a single serve bag or, you know, in like a tea bag kind of, kind of device. And so it takes, it takes education and most people, their immediate assumption is that it's going to be a little watery. Cause they think, Oh, it's like in a, it's like in a bag. It's kind of like a tea bag. So they assume it's going to be watery. The reality is it tastes just like a French press, but so there's, there's some initial hesitation. Um, so I think as I continue to grow my company, I'm hundred percent convinced that online is going to be the best place because I can educate the customer more. I can, you know, do things on TikTok. I can have ambassadors that help me overcome those challenges of the product Whereas in retail, um, retail is going to be a strategy for me, but it's, it's harder to overcome those things in retail, um, given the current size of my company and given the current understanding of this product. 
So I, I, if you guys have a million dollars you want to give me, I would be more than happy to take it and we can do some really cool things online. Gosh, uh, have you ever thought about a subscription model uh, with your coffee? Yeah. Yeah. We, we absolutely have a subscription model. Um, you can subscribe on the website. You can subscribe on Amazon. Um, I, we actually just changed. Um, we actually just adjusted our pricing model. So before the, the least expensive was with shipping, it was like $12 and you would get five. Now what I'm doing is you can get uh, four samples for $3 and 50 cents. And so again, with some of the challenges that come along with my product, I want to make it very easy for customers to trial, to trial it. So, you know, Hey, if you can't spend $3 and 50 cents, I probably don't want to use my customer anyways. Right. So make it very easy to buy the product, try it. Um, and I, this is actually something I just launched a couple of weeks ago. It's actually been like pretty successful so far in terms of getting people to, to try. And then the next step is either, you know, get them to make another purchase or subscribe. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when it comes to subscription, you also have a longer, uh, I mean, you have more time with your customers to give them better experience to improve over time. Yeah. And yeah, it, it also helps, I believe. I see a couple of startups popping up uh, in that uh, sector as well, especially in things like coffee, where conventional people see this as two people really do this, but I've seen successful business do it. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's 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 some cool companies out there like uh, like Trade and, and and others where like every month they'll send you like a new copy brand, which mm -hmm. is which is you know a, a cool model. It's a, it's a good model, mm -hmm. um, and they're obviously having a ton of success. And I, I do think su uh, subscriptions will will be key to Wildland success moving forward. Okay, now another crazy question. Yeah, uh, I like them. <laughs> well. Let's say your company is doing a billion dollars in revenue. A billion. All right. Can you give us an idea the type of impact it can bring in socially or environmentally? So yeah, I mean, you know, once you start to get to, to that level, I think there's there's a lot of like really interesting things that you're able to do at that level. Um things with exploring new cool technology like blockchain. Right. Um, you could be doing R and D and development on, or funding some development on like sustainable packaging, things like that, where at my level, you kind of just take what's there. Um, and I think when it comes to like employees, again, when you get to a certain scale, like you're really able to, uh, to provide a lot of benefits to your employees, provide, you know, sick time off, uh, 401ks. This is actually something that I think, I think Starbucks actually does pretty well. Um, so I think the impact that large companies can have uh, is kind of out, like the bigger you get, the more of an impact exponentially you can have because you just have more resources um, to do things with. And so, you know, do I want to have a billion dollar company? You know, I guess that's kind of to be determined, but um, regardless of what my size or scope is, uh, environmental impact, um, you know, treating, and I don't have any employees right now, I've got a couple of contractors, but like, you know, treating contractors, right. Um, 
and, and doing doing what I can is is always important um, to you know to make sure that I'm I'm contributing to the well being of the planet, not taking away from it. Okay, great. So, uh, are you sure you've been only doing this for a couple of months or a year? You sound <laughs> like you've been doing business for several years. <laughs> well, so I, I, uh, I started, so I've, I've been selling this type of product for two years. Oh, okay. um, I started another company in October of 2020, no, sorry, 2019. Mm-hmm. And then I left that company in November of 2020. And mm-hmm. then I felt like I didn't get to execute on my original vision. Um, so I started Wildland. So I've been doing Wildland since, you know, May, June of this year, but I had already been doing another business for like a year, a little bit more than a year before that. So it's been a little bit longer than just my wildland experience, but, um, but yeah. Yeah. But by listening to your answers, it feels like it's more than two, it's just several years of uh, Gyan inside (laughs) your head that comes out. And uh, I, I, I really hope, and I really wish that you guys get to that 1 billion mark. And that would be interesting. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, yeah, thanks again, uh, Zach, for uh, today's session. Uh, and yeah, this is our first podcast. And uh, thanks a ton for giving us your, providing us your support. And I hope we can keep track of your progress. And one day we can also have you again in this to see how, how things are going. <laughs> On episode 1000, I'll be at a billion dollars. <laughs> Before that, for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Thank, thanks, Akash. Yeah, thank you, Zach. It was great talking.